0: We've been off for a few weeks for miscellaneous reasons, not for the least of which, it's summer and Brock disappears during the summer. Uh, Let's see, we've got comic book shows we've seen or not seen, we've got Brock's miscellaneous Brain Vomit, Uh, Luke Cage is right around the corner, and we'll be reviewing a single issue of one comic book called Moving Bodies by Chance Overlander, if that is his real name. I'm Nick Hemsing. Brain Vomit. Well, I mean, I guess
1: you could call it thinking, but I mean... No, I was agreeing with you. I was agreeing with you. That was, mm-hmm. that was not a criticism mm-hmm. of the intro. And uh, yeah, you know, my friend Chance, uh, whose book we're going to review later, um, I actually think he goes by Chance Wyatt in the... It's very confusing. I think the guy has like 16 names. None of them sound legit. Okay. All right. So I am so- perfect. He warranted and said, <laughs> Yes, said absolutely. It's probably
0: <laughs> not his real name. Uh, I've known I'm him
1: really for sure. probably about a year. We've talked pretty regularly. I, I'm still not really sure which is his real name, which which is his stage name. So, or maybe it's all his real name, and then he just truncates it randomly. Well, it is. It, you know what? The book says Chance Wyatt. So you yes. have okay. There we go.
0: And technically, it is copyright Chance Wyatt uh, Oberlander.
1: Not Overlander. Sorry, I said it. Chance, wrong. you're killing me, man. You're killing me. Yeah, so maybe names. he
0: just maybe he just maybe he just screws with you.
1: <laughs> maybe I don't know. Anyway, he <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, know how many different ways you can get him to screw up his name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh, he threw a party in Lower Town, Saint Paul, last night, um, and had about 20 artists. I was one of the people there, so I'm a little bit hungover today. Um, it was a great time. Is it was at the Bedlam downtown? lower towns, uh, St. Paul. And he had a bunch of bands that kind of rotated in and out a couple dancers. Uh, it was pretty friggin' amazing. And he organized it all himself. It was quite a time and man, props to him. It's, and it's all about his Kickstarter that he's running right now, but we'll talk about that later. We have a bunch of brain vomit to get through first. Okay. So, um, let's just uh, run down the... the list what's Um, first let's run down the list preacher i haven't watched it in like three months Eh. so not a lot on to talk about i actually have read the comic quite a bit i think i'm around issue 40 now and the further i got into the comic the less i wanted to watch the show anymore
0: well the show's tough so i mean i did watch the whole season of the show
1: was it a season or half season half season right
0: uh, no, it's a, that was a full season. That was a, short, a full season. It okay. did a short season, yeah. Um, so the uh, it's see, yeah. Next up is season two. Um, <clears throat> it takes them basically one entire season to pull one sort of story from future in the books. Um, kind of pull. Uh, they kind of speed up a lot of character. Uh, well, they basically take an entire season for character introduction. Um Why? And by, by the end of it, they end up story-wise progress. They end up midway, or they end up at the end of the first issue of the comic books, I think. I or maybe at the beginning them. of the first issue of the comic books. It's kind of weird. I want uh, to strangle them so much. Yeah, I, I mean, the uh, it's weird that, it, I mean, maybe, it, maybe just for... Uh, advertising reasons but um you know everybody see everybody who is involved in the the original comic is behind them
1: so yeah you know and that and that's great and fine and everything but why okay we've talked about this in this podcast more times than i can count and i'm particularly adamant about it is i don't want to see character introductions and i don't want to see a season of character introductions i want to see story you can fill me in on the characters as we go along and that's exactly what the book did yeah the
0: biggest problem that the show had is that by not um by not having a bigger tease as to why you know it had such a long tease as to why this entire thing exists in the first place yeah um, there's no, um, the, uh, we, we just get the feeling for almost the entire season that something is just a little weird mm-hmm. and well, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, um, uh, but without a direction to it, it's not, it's confusing and the, uh, the comics jump pretty much right into what is, what is the direction this comic is going to go in and while it's a road trip and it goes Around about and whatnot it's it's always meandering towards that eventuality
1: yeah i you know it takes it takes a little side paths, and then the side path ends up looping back into the main story at some point, and that's fine, that's great you know not not everything needs to be a hundred percent on point of your final destination, but the show felt like it started on one of these side paths. And frankly, I watched, I think, five-ish episodes, and I was just bored. I mean, I was just honestly, legitimately bored by what was happening, and I just stopped watching. Yeah, so
0: it's, I mean, by the end of it, it took a while for us to get to uh, story. And they did try, I mean, they definitely tried to keep people interested by throwing in some moments that were just crazy or... You know just out there um but they did new they do need to do a bit more of you know gener- you know moving through with the story um and the second season now that they've kind of kicked uh through the uh the, you know they've basically said okay, we're done with this portion i um, mean they and they do say do so quite strongly say that they're done with this portion okay. Um uh, the uh the uh we have some hope that next season is just story uh, or is, is going to be farther, uh, you know, following along more with the comics, Mm. which, which they should at at this point, they've got, they've done enough off to the side of the comics that they kind of need to, they've got to build some faith a little bit with, they got to spend some time building some faith.
1: Yeah. I just worry that they've lost too many people with that first season um i don't know what the ratings were like but i i knew a bunch of people who were excited and this is anecdotal of course but uh, i knew a bunch of people who were just so excited and then by the time the fourth and fifth episode rolled around nobody was talking about it anymore like i haven't seen anyone on twitter or facebook mention preacher in two months
0: um, yeah, it's, uh, kind of, it's, it's going to have to do a lot in the, in the second season to, uh, uh, to get people interested. Cause I, right, like right now I'm, I'm not currently out there going, everybody out there must see Preacher. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm kind of like, why don't you, you know, wait till the second season and if the second season really, ra- if the second season really ramps up then you need to go out and watch the first season just so you understand kind of what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, uh, I'm wondering, and I'm hoping that's the case is where it pulls a parks and wreck where mm-hmm. I just tell people you have to watch the show. It's brilliant. Don't watch the first season. It's a waste of your time. And that's kind of what I feel about preacher because preacher at its core is a fucked up buddy road trip. F-
0: emphasis on fucked up.
1: Emphasis on fucked up.
0: Um, but the show—that's what Garthynus does. Yeah, Garthienis loves fucked up.
1: But the show is just kind of a little bit fucked up with nobody road trip, and I'm like, well, this isn't preacher to me, and it's, and I don't care about changing stories and stuff like that so much, but changing the core of the story is a problem, and that's it, well, it
0: is because it's, it was a good story. Yeah. Um, so it's uh and especially if
1: you're gonna do it in a meandering kind of boring way
0: yeah that's the that's really the problem is you get a lot of license if
1: you as long as you make it entertaining yeah exactly but anyway so i'm gonna catch up on it at some point but i just don't care i'm much more excited about luke cage and i'm interested in westworld which are both (laughs) coming in uh, a
0: few weeks Westworld looks the, the Westworld trailer looks really interesting, doesn't it? Uh, I want to yeah, see it, it so much. It, it's hard not to get uh, interested in that. Uh, and the Luke Cage one is like is uh, is just is like oh okay, all right, all right. Yeah, you've managed to tell me that you're going to tell another story in the same area, and I am just as excited as I was about the previous two. Yeah. So. Um, you got me again, Marvel, uh, uh, Marvel Netflix.
1: You killed it with the, the blind lawyer. Uh, you killed it with the effed up, uh, you know, kind of neurotic, post traumatic girl. And I'm sure yeah, you're going well, to kill it with the black dude. So you yeah. know what? I'm all in.
0: Yeah, basically, we spent the season. We spent the season talking about a, a you know a kind of a uh, a psycho blind lawyer. You know, who gets, I mean, he's definitely sane, but he goes crazier as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And then basically we follow what amounts to a rape victim for the, for the most part, um, for an entire season. And it was amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Netflix television is really hilarious. I mean, you know, and that, that's what I dislike about Marvel is everything's so lighthearted and I wish they'd be more serious like DC and Batman versus Superman. Cause what I need is grit. Yeah, oh oh, yeah. Uh, You know what? Uh, (laughs) Because I see fanboys, and I generally don't use that term very often, but in this case, it's apt. DC fanboys are, oh, Marvel's all funny, and DC's serious, and they're really taking this character seriously. And I'm like, have you watched any of the Netflix shows? I mean, (laughs) season two of Daredevil and season one of Jessica Jones are so goddamn grimdark that... Yeah, uh, I mean, almost no jokes, and no, just well, brilliant storytelling.
0: That's the thing, though, is that they are brilliant. Yeah, um, and you know, I think grim dark works well at that level,
1: at street level. I mean, at yeah.
0: street level, I think you it, it, the goal is to put you more in touch with this area, you mm. know, and, and try to make it part of you know part of this world. You, you get to know this world.
1: Hell's Kitchen um, and, is, an, is an environment, and it's yeah. we've all been in those neighborhoods before.
0: Yeah, and then there's Harlem, you know, which mm-hmm. is next for Luke Cage. I mean, this is you. Know, this is uh, you get a lot of licenses, and doing something lighthearted in that area regarding crime fighting is probably not. It's tough to be lighthearted unless you're unless you're Spider Man. Yeah. Um, in Spider Man. I think it's tough to go grim. You don't want to go grim dark with Spider-Man. You
1: can't. It, it, Spider-Man just doesn't work that way. And people have tried and generally to failure to make Spider-Man dark. It's just not who he is as a character. But it's interesting that we talk about how dark those shows are. Have you watched any of the get down? Uh, No. no. Uh, fact, it's another I Netflix show. About it. It's uh, done by Boz Luhrman with uh, oversight by uh, Nas and uh, Grandmaster Flash. And it's about the birth of hip-hop in the late 70s Bronx. And it's huh. based off a comic we're going to read soon because uh, I've been meaning to read it for a couple years. It's called Hip-Hop Family Tree. Huh. And it is about late 70s Bronx, which is basically on fire and a literal hellhole. Hmm. And it is typical Boslerman silliness and over the top and quirky and it he pulls it off. So if you, you can juxtapose those elements together and I highly recommend the get down. I don't know if you'll like it that much. I don't think Baslerman is really your thing. Um Dunno. I mean I think I think Boslerman
0: is uh I mean you know I I really you know, appreciate that he's out there, you know, making movies. (laughs) And, uh, and that's just, it's inspiring.
1: I respect that. I don't really, I I don't really watch watch them. them.
0: I don't really watch any of them, but you know, the fact that he's out there making them, that's,
1: you know, Uh, the reason I'm laughing so hard is because Nick randomly asked me about sting the other day and I just copy and pasted the Hansel uh, quote about sting from Zoolander. Back to him, <laughs> which is basically that quote. Um, <laughs> we got a good laugh out of it. But, so you're welcome. Um, I have
0: seen exactly one of his movies. Which one? Mulan. Um,
1: okay, so you haven't seen Romeo and Juliet, really?
0: No, I think I have seen spatterings of Romeo and Juliet throughout right. the years, uh, but I have never uh, sat down and watched it. Sure. And I didn't see the Great Gatsby either.
1: Well, I would definitely give uh, the get down, it, you know, give the first episode a shot. It And I've heard that it tones down after the first episode. I haven't watched the entire series, so I can't really say it becomes. But I've heard it from a bunch of people. It becomes less Baz ish which I don't view as necessarily as a positive thing, but many people will. But uh, the casting. <laughs>
0: yeah, because he don't, he only directs the first episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. He only directed the first one. Um. It's one of the most expensive per-episode television shows ever produced oh, because well. that's what Boz Lerman does. Um, but uh, I highly recommend just giving it a shot. Try to keep your mind open. He, the main character is just has that total je ne sais quoi. You, you'll, you'll like him immediately and you're not sure why.
0: By the and way, minus 10 points for using
1: je ne sais quoi. Minus 10 See, so that means I'm at negative eleven already. This <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's tough. I, I mean,
0: I, I, I'm sorry. Some, I, I, the second I hear je ne sais quoi," I, I feel like a part of my brain just, a part of my brain just screams.
1: Oh, piss off! Anyway,
0: <laughs> moving on, because there's nobody but complete, complete assholes that ever use
1: that. Term. Well, I wanted to. Um, i wanted to use the word charm but charm didn't quite fill it like he's just eminently likable and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i liked it a lot other people have a little bit mixed feelings on the get down but it definitely reminded me that i need to go read hip-hop family tree so we'll probably cover that in about yeah maybe a couple weeks or a month
0: I mean, it only had it was it, the budget was only 120 million.
1: Yeah, I know for, for, for six, six episodes.
0: episodes. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Boz
1: Lerman is insane. I love him. So anyway, anyway, uh... <laughs> so neither one of us has seen Suicide Squad, and as Nick informed me, um, it didn't even release in China. They weren't allowed to watch it. So lucky them, as far as I can tell. Um, I'm going to watch it at some point. I just... I just can't work up any emotion about any upcoming DC films except for Wonder Woman. And basically, I'm ramping myself up to be very angry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: that's. I, I hope it's good. You know, it's not directed by Snyder. That's a huge plus. But he has EP on it, I believe. Um, I just hope it's good because, I mean, it's so... First off, it's Wonder Woman. Second off, it's set in World War One. I. I I love everything they're talking about, all the stuff that they're showing us early. I just please don't screw it up. Please don't.
0: You just hope that there's no. It's like you just hope that Snyder's not sitting over somebody's shoulder.
1: That's exactly it. That's why I I hope he's EP and title only, mm-hmm. and I hope he just stays the f away from the film. That'd
0: be nice. I uh, yeah, it's just tough. I mean, Suicide Squad. Unfortunately, you know, w- w- how did we expect any different after we knew that there was a big direction change? Yeah. Um, I mean, one, they try to pass it off like, "Oh no, we're just doing a couple, you know, reshoots, reshoots. and stuff like that." And they're adding like, in no, Batman. You, like, no, you,
1: wait, that's not in a there, reshoot.
0: You went in there to reshoot it, so because everybody said there is absolutely no joy in your movies. Yeah. Um, and then, so you wanted to put some in and, and I get, and I, and by the way, good, good, good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. <it> should <laughs> have been there in the first place.
0: Yeah. The criticism is valid. I mean, there is no joy in any of those movies. Um, but w- once you do that and you've already got so much of it shot, how do we expect it to be anything other than a mess?
1: Yeah. Um, you can't. So
0: it's. And not that that we didn't, after watching Batman, you know, BVS, we kind of expected it to be a mess. So was it a mess before and it ended up still being a mess after? I mean, I'm guessing that it was cruising for a mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then somebody decided we will make it a slightly less dark mess. Um, But the biggest problem that they have is they need to stop making messy films. Yeah, I don't even mind, and, and, and I'll be different. If if you're going to make a dark movie, fine. But it can't be, it can't be a disorganized mess. No. And the biggest, the biggest valid criticism I think of their movies so far is they're making messy movies.
1: They are. Uh, the flashbacks and dream sequences of BVS. I'm still waiting for somebody to make a supercut with all that removed and i will absolutely watch the film over and i am damn near positive it will be a better film because all that stuff is messy
0: yeah it's so it's just this is something they've really got to work on it can't they need to just put together you know they need to tighten up the films cut out the cut out the crap don't worry about your don't worry about your world building as much. If you need to throw in some world building, put it in in in, in a piece here and there mm-hmm. that is uh, you know, atmosphere but not distracting.
1: Yeah, like uh, uh an example of BVS doing that correctly was Batman walking by the Robin suit with the Joker. Yeah. Text across it. You know, yeah, we don't spend a lot of time focusing nope. on it, but we're but but you know we kind of go
0: ooh ooh there, that's the Robin suit. You know, I mean that's that's okay. I mean we we're only going to spend a moment doing it, but mm-hmm. but if it distract it doesn't and it doesn't distract. No, nope. and that's something that that is the biggest focus. I mean, even more than just lightening up the films a bit is really just um, spend some time going through that script and and trimming the fat. The, uh, if it doesn't need to be there, don't put it in there. Um, the, uh, and stop being in such a rush to build something, stop, stop being in such a rush to build a world, a universe, the, yeah. the universe, the world will build. If you, if you already are going in there with the idea that this stuff all exists in the same world, um, you're, it will build it. It will kind of build a lot of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as, you know, you're, you already keep this stuff in mind and you can throw in little pieces here of the other stuff, but don't, don't force it as much as you've been doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, Flash and Aquaman simply did not need to be anywhere there. I mean, you could have, you could have given them an off the cuff mention between two people talking, you know, spent literally five seconds on it and then move on. You know, tease what's coming next. That's fine. Don't spend actual story time on telling us what's coming next. You know where Marvel does that? Halfway through the credits, in a twenty-second scene that you can, you can either sit and watch after the film's over, or you can get up and leave and miss absolutely nothing about the film you just experienced.
0: Yeah, and well, and we also um, look at the Berlanti verse, um, the. DC television, I mean, mm-hmm. they are keeping, they keep them all in their separate places and then they cross them over when they want to. Yep. Um, and basically for all the criticism of them saying, well, we don't want to do what Marvel does. Well, that's what you are actually doing what Marvel does. You're just yeah. doing it in television. Mm-hmm. Um, you're giving, you're giving your uh, heroes their, you you know, unique place to shine their world and then when you want to say hey look they're also a part of this greater thing you push them all to you push them together and to crossover shows and stuff like that and they get to appear and do stuff you know do stuff that makes you know you know all those who like love to see the crossovers happen makes them all happy Mm -hmm. and the uh, all that without um making it seem so ridiculously forced because we've spent so much time already with those characters by themselves in their own, with their own cast of care, you know, you know, supporting characters in their own rogues gallery, um, that if you put them after you've done that, then you put them together with some of these other people, it doesn't seem so bad. I mean, it's it's not, it's 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 novel.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a it's, fun treat. It's,
0: it's, it's, yeah, instead of being let's jump in and do this all right away. I'm like, well, great. I've got zero. And you know, the only one we've had so far in this universe is bat is, a uh, sorry, Superman having his own, having his own movie beforehand. Other than that, we're just throwing all everybody else together and we're going to catch people up later. Um, but you know, wonder woman's getting her own movie. Great. Bec- but she was already kind of like a, um, uh, kind of tack on to, BVS. I mean, we liked seeing her. We wanted to see a lot more of her. Frankly, yeah. could have seen a lot more of her than some other people in that.
1: <laughs> almost uh, everyone, actually. Yeah,
0: almost everyone. In fact, if you want to do me a favor, could somebody just go back and rewrite BVS as Wonder Woman? And can we just have her do all that stuff and this remove, um, you know, Mister Mopey Flying Pants and Mister Mopey Driving Pants? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the uh, I, I'd I'd watch that movie. So would I. So, but anyway, uh, let's move on to something happier. Stranger okay. Things.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, the, the, the surprise, the light. If 2016 has done anything good for anybody this year, um, because it certainly seems to hate celebrities and, the, and a certain mm-hmm. – actually, like, good celebrities, people we actually like.
1: Yeah, Gene it Wilder them. was the last to go. Eh. Yeah. Her latest.
0: That's again. just – I mean – this is just it's just a shit show, Um but it gave us stranger things and
1: it's given us Netflix, basically.
0: Yeah, it, it gave us Netflix and Netflix said, it's not so bad. Come over here and relive the 80s in a in a beautiful way that everybody uh, in, in which everyone can enjoy it.
1: Even people uh, I know, 16 and 18 year olds who loved it and they were. You know, the 80s ended 10 years before they were born. And this show takes place 17, 18 years before they were born. Everybody loves this, even the people who weren't around in the 80s and don't remember it. It's, it's, oh God, it's nostalgic, but in such a fun, playful way that's running underneath the surface of the uh, show the entire time. It never really smacks you in the face with any of it, which like there's a, the scene where the kids are fleeing from the government at the bis- on the bicycles. And I'm like, this is the ET scene
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: van's coming up the street at them. And I'm like, please don't fly over the van. That's too much. That's too much. It's directly aping ET. And sure enough, they didn't. They they gave you that taste of the ET scene. Everybody who's seen ET knew exactly what they were doing, and then they didn't do the obvious thing. And oh god, the show wasn't perfect, but it is so enjoyable. Ah, I loved it. It was perfect. It it, it was um,
0: it was a it was so for those of us who actually watched all that stuff, it was like a taste of everything. And if you never saw any of it it still fit together
1: perfectly because that stuff that we remember so fondly it worked for a reason you know and it it struck chords so it's just pulling in those same chords and so it works without the source material or with it it's just really beautiful i love it and the little girl who plays 11 it just kills it in that show
0: yeah, it is all around a great show. It is, um, I kind of can't imagine anybody not seeing it so far. Yeah. But it is, it is an 80s, uh, you know, kids' adventure show. It is a, um, horror show. Yeah, a horror show. Um, it's like a PG 13 horror show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, the the it is character it is brilliant character development characters that you that you write completely write off at some point like this is going to be a one note character
1: oh and my god they do that they did that right in the beginning of the show you think you know who the sheriff is in the first 15 seconds of seeing him and then the show's just like nope gotcha he's not that character at all the boyfriend, you think you know exactly who this character is? Nope, he's not that character at all. And the show does it with so many of the characters, and it it's so fun. Yes,
0: you know, that show deliberately, dis- that show despises you for being prejudgmental. Yes, it does. It will punish you for it. It, it, it says you are a prick for judging us th- th- for thinking that it is going to be this way, and we are going to beat you over the head with it, and you will apologize to
1: us. <laughs> exactly.
0: The uh, you you deserve you deserve uh, uh, you deserve to feel feel bad. So it's it's really it's it's really just an all around great show. Uh, anybody who hasn't, hasn't seen it, uh, you should, should feel ashamed of yourselves. Um, uh, cause it's, it's really that good.
1: Yes. it uh, is.
0: the, uh, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it's just, you see it. I mean, it's one of those things you can't say much more about it. I mean, there's, I mean, with, you don't want to go into story. Um, but the, uh, it does. One of the things I am so happy to see, I am seeing people, not of my generation long since the presumed death of dungeons and dragons actually trying dungeons and dragons. Yes. And it, the, I will say this, it makes this old geek so happy. <laughs> uh, not that I'm not, not that old of a geek says, I'm sure anybody who would be 50 something was playing, I was playing D and D in the seventies. I'm like, yes, yes, I know. Um, but I'm watching, you know, 20 somethings play D and D. I'm like, holy shit. People playing D&D that are, you know, and they're, you know, who were, uh, you know, not
1: the video game generation. Not, essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Watching this generation play. I'm like, and, cause we always said something there is, you know, video, video games ate that business alive. Um, but there was something missing. Um, we, there is, it's still being able to sit around with your friends and kind of tell a story together. Is still not an experience duplicated anywhere else.
1: No, it is not. Uh,
0: and so it, there's a reason. I mean, it, it still survived, and it took a while for it to, to kind of re-experience. But you know, hell, I, I don't care if, it's, if if the hipsters are in any way responsible for this sort of shit coming back. Good on them. <sighs> good on them. <laughs> um, it's an experience that uh, still, you know, sitting around with your friends telling a story. It it, it sounds so silly, but you will generate stories that you will tell later that never happened except for you, your friends in a room throwing dice um, and thinking up silly solutions to silly uh, imaginary problems. Um,
1: In our circle of friends, you know, every once in a while, one of us will still say looking good. (laughs) And it's a reference to a game we played in. I don't know, maybe two thousand, yeah. right around so, there, and yeah. yeah, I mean, just yeah, you generate these memories basically as a group, completely artificially out of your minds, and
0: so it, so, and that's makes me so happy. And and Stranger Things has kind of has brought that back up. I mean, it's D and D is kind of a, is one of the stars of that move uh, of that move or show mm-hmm. of that see. But um, the uh, but yes, it is so great to see that come back Um, the uh, if. um, So anyway, if you have if you still are one of those that laughed at D&D or whatnot, you know what? Go on. You know, one of the beautiful things that's also popped up is go online and watch the streams of people playing it. Um, There's a couple uh, Geek and Sundry runs one um, called Critical Hits. Um, that one's really great because it's a group of voice actors uh, getting together and playing D d Oh, fantastic. Uh, the nerdist also had one that is also it's a crossover with Geek and Sundry. The same guy who runs critical hits runs a game uh, with uh, some uh, comedians, including Chris Hardwick for a while. Um, the, uh, uh, so they kind they have that's sort a of, all these are video streams and whatnot. And they're running fifth edition, so you know they're running it in cooperation with D and D because D and D has figured out, holy crap, people are paying attention to us now. <laughs> um, so they're doing their best to take advantage of it. And it's also, um, and I know I'm t- turning into a salesman for D and D here. Um, the I will say that it comes at the right time because the current version of D and D that's out is the friendliest version of D and D I've ever seen. Um, it is the easiest to pick up. Um, it is the friendliest for storytelling. Um, it might it probably irritates those who are the old mechanics war gamers um, because it is not as a, a strong mechanics game as the some of the, some previous ones, um, but it is it is focused on storytelling and making that fun.
1: Oh well, Which is good because Nick and I played second edition tons. And that's where the term Rules Lawyer came from, is that (laughs) game. Because that game was so big and they kept expanding into so many different areas of magic and elves and realms that it became (laughs) impossible to actually navigate.
0: You're only saying that because you never played 3.5, evidently. No, I played it, but I'm... 3.5 3.5 3.5 was an is an absolute uh, it is um, uh, it is it is where war gamers go to play D&D
1: oh no I, I'm not saying I did play 3.5 a couple times and I bailed out of it very quickly because I'm like I just don't like this Um, but I'm saying the second edition and then evolving into later editions it just it kept getting more and more ungainly they made mistakes and then they doubled down on some of these mistakes but yeah i i, I vaguely remember 3.5 i just remembered not liking it
0: so yeah it's uh anyway not to keep going on and on because yeah. i will talk about D more because it's fun to be able to talk about it again yeah. because you know previously we occupied a a strata of geek that was below um well below most uh, but i mean we were only pretty much only above larping larping and i mean yeah pretty much i mean uh i don't know if you call furries geeks as much of a as much as a community but you know the uh, the people that you know, D and D players would play, claim superiority over, was a pretty small group. <laughs>
1: yes, it was.
0: So we're happy to see it come back and be something. Yes. So.
1: Anyway. Yeah, we want to talk about uh, an actual comic book now.
0: Yes, that's it. we do. We do tell people that's what this show this is for. About.
1: Yeah, this is a catch-up episode. We'll get back to the standard format in a couple weeks. So we read, my friend, uh, Chance Wyatt's book, and it's called Moving Bodies, and there is a Kickstarter running for this book right now. So pop on over to Kickstarter, just search for Moving Bodies. You will find it. It has already met its goal, but do not miss out on your chance to get this book. You can get a digital copy, I think, for five bucks. Just, you know, pop over there. He has different tiers for different things. Check it out. But Moving Bodies is the new comic book and voice comic by Chance Wyatt, author and illustrator of last year's successful Kickstarter project, Census. Moving Bodies is a complete science fiction short story told in the space of a 27-page, full-color comic book. It is an attempt to imagine some possible ways in which we might live and die if humanity becomes an interstellar species. And Chance, like me, it's one of the reasons why we get along so well, we've both kind of drifted towards self-contained short stories and moving bodies like census is a continuation of just you know you pick it up you read it spend 15 20 minutes with it you're you're done with that world and normally i love the fact that chance does this unfortunately in this case i kind of want to see more <laughs> like he there's there feels like a very lived in aspect of this world there's a ton of stuff if. Feels like there's a ton of stuff happening off page all the time, and I want to know what it is. I don't need to know all of it, but I kind of want to see a little bit more. And the comic is basically about this what or do they refer to themselves as? A reconnaissance rescue team. Mm-hmm. And they land on a planet where space pioneers were put in cryogenic freezes, and they were sent out to faraway planets. But then technology kept improving, so the ships kept getting faster. So some of the pioneers who left first were the last ones to actually get to the planets. And so there's this team that travels around trying to basically find out out what has happened to some of these colonies. And it's about three guys, I think. Or I don't even know if they're all guys, to tell you the truth. Three three people. Three people. Um, and they land on a planet and they find a ruined, a ruined colony, in essence. And I don't want to talk about the story more than that because that's kind of where the uh, surprise of the book comes along. But uh, Chance's artwork is outstanding he is one of the best colorists i've ever met um he can set a color palette and just really play up the tone of a world or story or whatever and god it pisses me off how good a colorist he is (laughs) the
0: uh uh i thought it was a the uh there's a piece of it that starts off giving you kind of an introduction into the world by basically it's text for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I think for this, you kind of need that. Um, but I felt, okay. Sorry. Nope. Um, I felt that once they got, uh, on to, once they got past that portion, um, I did feel like I wanted a bit more of the second portion of the book.
1: Yeah. I I kind of felt the same way. This, this easily could have been 10 pages longer.
0: I really appreciate the dedication to the short story. I I really do. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I wanted a little bit more. (laughs) Um, And that's why I, he's not going to continue in this world, but I kind of wish he would.
0: Yeah. Um, I I do felt that, I mean, I do felt that he made a good amount of his point with the book. Um, And that, um, I felt like it made sort of its, its vision of, it it introduced its vision to the future. I do think the, um, uh, sort of the, I guess the banal approach that, a few of the explorers have is was a little uh little over the top. But um I can
1: see that I kind of I kind of appreciated that because these people, these um this reconnaissance team, uh they're kind of they've dedicated their lives to this because if you've read say for example the Ender series, how Uh, Orson Scott Card deals with space travel and it's very slow and people will spend years on a planet for what will be, you know, minutes or days for a space traveler. So I think there's this disconnect with humanity that comes with that kind of travel where you simply, if you're in space for a few days or a few weeks and 500 years passes on a planet, how How disconnected are you going to become with everyone on those planets because you know civilizations will rise and fall while you're traveling between two stars
0: Well, it's also a possibility i mean even even as even as we learn how to somehow live longer um even if you could live forever you would that t- that amount of time pass would be a extreme disconnection mm-hmm. So, I mean, we just think of the people you haven't seen for a very long time or interacted with for a very long time. At a certain point, you just don't know that person anymore.
1: Yeah. And now imagine that with an entire civilization, your own yeah. civilization. Yeah.
0: So it's uh, – I, I I think I, I kind of get, get that portion. Mm-hmm. Um, I really um, – I hope that Chance uh, – makes some larger stories um but i appreciate the the i appreciate trying to make a kind of a have a have a vision and then get in and get out
1: yeah you know and it is it's really difficult to do from a creator standpoint because you do kind of fall in love with your your own world you know your characters and all that and I think, you know, the writing trope, kill your darlings, Um, short stories are kind of that. Where no matter how much you love something and how much more you want to explore it, you're forcing yourself to walk away. Now, that may not be the greatest decision uh, for any given situation, but it is a difficult one and I respect the hell out of it.
0: All right. I don't know what I have more to say about this. No, I mean it,
1: it is an <laughs> extremely short story. It's um, yeah, you know, it's it, thirty-two pages front to back, including the cover. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, I'm I'm hearing you doing a lot more clicking than talking, by the way. Oh, sorry. Oh, my mouse is so damn loud. But um, yeah, I'm just actually just grabbing his Kickstarter URL and stuff.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm so glad that you're spending time doing things that are not talking on the conference. Yes. And then, you know, I guess you're in a rush. So, uh, the, uh, go ahead and you know, do what you have to do. We'll wait. Okay. Mostly we'll I'm wait.
1: just tired, tired of, you know, digitally hanging out with you. So I'm like, yeah, let's wrap it up folks. Okay. But no, um, absolutely check out Kickstarter. Just go to kickstarter.com search for moving bodies. And uh, you will find a Chance's book right off the bat. And it goes for, let's see, it goes on. Oh, it goes for another month. So this won't end until mid-October. So uh, you have plenty of time. Definitely go check it out. And please, you know, throw him a few bucks.
0: And while you're at it, ask him what his real name is.
1: Yes, yeah. Because evidently Brock does not know. Yeah, it's very confusing to me. Lots of things are very confusing to you. Most things. Oh, and by the way, I actually started. Shit, uh, God, I don't remember anything. Um, I have started releasing new pages of a short story I'm working on on Schlockworks.com. So just swing oh, by there. Crap, and check you it didn't out. even
0: tell me this.
1: I know. I didn't tell anybody. Uh because it's just three pages and it's a personal it's a short story about this summer and the weirdness that has happened in 2016 and it's basically an attempt for me to try to understand what the fuck is happening in this world of ours
0: okay all right yeah i guess i'll and, take a look. and
1: it sounds really ambitious that part of it it's really not very ambitious at all so so and it's going to be about 40 50 pages okay okay all right cool good
0: job yeah you do that yeah and i'll have to take a look at it now
1: (laughs) yeah uh there's only a cover in three pages up so okay yeah i will be talking about it regularly because i'm going to try and release uh a three page segment three to four page segment every week or so we'll see how that goes
0: Uh, oh fuck you're going to talk about it too
1: yeah i (laughs) know sorry about that i
0: don't know maybe i liked it better before
1: you talked about it (laughs) so um i think that's about all we have for this week we'll probably be back in two weeks from now and i don't know if we'll be doing hip-hop family tree or if that'll be the episode after that but we'll be back to our standard format of reading one long comic one single issue all that jazz so sounds great you have anything else to talk about that's what i got cool i'm all out Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at schlockworks.com where you can view our podcast archives or check in on our other projects, like the one I just released. If you're so inclined, drop by iTunes and Stitcher or give us uh, and give us a review. That's all I have for today. I'm Brock Beauchamp.
0: I'm Nick Hemsing.
1: Thank you, everybody.